Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Oh, man. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that game sucked. And when I tell you it sucked, I mean it sucked, dude. 120 to 90, the Raptors lose to the New Orleans Pelicans. They got shellacked, man. It's hard to frame this in terms other than two on five, but Pascal and Fred, functionally, offensively, were the only players who came to play in the Raptors starting lineup. Scotty Barnes, I give a little bit of lenience to because he was he didn't hit his three-point shots, and that isn't a promise. That's not a promised part of his game. And so you can't just set your watch to it, but the Pelicans played him like he couldn't hit three-point shots. He didn't. And also, he had to try and shoot over Jonas Valanciunas in deep drop over and over again. That's tough. That is not an easy feat to accomplish. With that being said, though, he still played really poorly. It's just he's a rookie and he's being put in a very difficult spot. Gary Trent and OG Ananobi, I think both were just... Yeah. There's an intersection between two beliefs that rule you know, NBA fans. Like OG took at a significantly smaller uh, usage rate in this game. He was one for five. Gary Trent Jr. is two for 15. Some people might appreciate that Gary Trent Jr. kept gunning, that he kept trying to make it happen. And some people might appreciate that in a night where OG wasn't feeling it, maybe, that he didn't push too hard and he tried to move the ball to other other players. I think it's a mix because I appreciate that Gary Trent Jr. realized how hard the Pelicans were playing against Fred and Pascal. So on some of those 15 shots, some of those possessions, I find that Gary Trent Jr. was doing the right thing. He was trying to create offense and trying to create a situation where, you know, Pascal and Fred might be able to kick back for one possession because they're getting doubled. And like sometimes seeing three bodies and not even in the paint, but just seeing three bodies, they were receiving so much attention. And Gary tried to alleviate that sometimes. But on other possessions, he just tried to play like hero ball. He got two shots that are not comfortable for him. He took a lot of bad shots tonight. And the two for 15, I think, is a decent representation of what he was able to do on the floor. It was very, very negative. And on the defensive side of the floor, um, <laughs> it wasn't very good either. Like so much so that I heard it four times on the broadcast because it happened to happen during a highlight that they kept replaying. <laughs> 
It was just from different angles, but the soundbite is the same. So he gets back cut on the baseline, and we get a yell from, I believe, one of Fred or Scotty, and Scary, what the F? And it, it was not a shy. It was just like, man, I'm so disappointed in what you've done defensively. And I thought he had a bad defensive game as well. Gary was just bad. And OG was just bad as well. I mean, OG probably, as a guy who in some games this season has taken on extra possessions, has, you know, tried to help out both Fred and Pascal as they've been overloaded on. He just didn't have it tonight. And by I mean, like, he didn't have it on the juice, the energy, the effort, whatever, you know, adjective you want to attach to it. OG was not willing to take on a whole lot of offensive responsibility in this game, in a game that he probably should have. And, you know, you're not going to be your best every night, but when a team is just overloading as much as the Pelicans were on Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, it behooves you to maybe juice it up, man. Get some juice going. And, you know, this isn't a referendum on Gary or OG's games. They're going to be totally fine. This was just an odd game where they both, they were both very bad. And, you know, I'm sure they would say the same thing. I haven't heard the the press conferences or anything like that, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they would say the same thing. It's just inexcusable from... You know, it's slightly more excusable from Scotty Barnes, but Scotty is a good player and, you know, he, he needs to play better than this the same way that Gary Trent and OG do. But obviously you understand being a rookie, expectations are a little lower, of course. <laughs> but Pascal and Fred saw unique defensive matchups in this game. Jose Alvarado, uh, a very small guard, cut from a similar cloth as Fred Van Vliet, especially as far as how he plays defensively and his physical attributes, He played defense on both Pascal and Fred. Now, the fact that he could play defense on Pascal is a significant indictment on what the rest of the team was doing on those possessions because Pascal could get downhill against Alvarado. That much is crystal clear. Alvarado is going to attack the dribble. He's going to force Siakam to make a move because if Siakam has a live dribble, Alvarado is going to hunt it down. Alvarado doesn't care if Pascal turns the corner because there's going to be four other defenders waiting for Pascal. He has to pass out. He has to do something. And, you know, when he passes out this whole game, guys aren't making shots. When he takes it in, he's not getting calls. I mean, he already got, you know, hooked in the eye by Herb Jones earlier on after Ingram already fouled him. He went to the ground and immediately ran to the locker room. And the replay showed he got hooked in the eye. He comes back in. His eye is super, super bloodshot obviously because, you know, he got the hand of the eye. That was a turnover for him on that possession. So he was under fire from the Pelicans and had no help from his teammates. And even this was just a weird body language game because, you know, there's two possessions that come to mind. And like to end the first half, I believe, Pascal Siakam came in and he didn't pass to Gary Trent Jr., who I think at this point in time was like 0 for 7, 0 for 8 maybe. And anyway, he didn't pass Gary Trent Jr. He ended up shooting a fadeaway, and Gary Trent started walking off the court before the shot even fell. And the shot went in, and Gary celebrated, but he literally put his head down and started walking off the court. And it's like, has Pascal not earned the goodwill that he can take that shot if he wants? I mean, he's been shooting. like Pascal has just been one of the league's best players for a month now. And so... You know, Gary being 0 for 8, 0 for 9 at that point in time and just being like, 
absolutely will not even watch to see if Pascal Shaw goes in and walk off the court. That's you can't be doing that, dude. I don't really agree with that. And he was he was disappointed a couple times when Pascal didn't give him the ball. But you know, one was when he was 0 for 8, one was when he was 0 for 11. Pascal's trying to create some sort of rim pressure. I uh, you, you got to hype up your guys a little bit more. You know what I mean? But anyway, I thought that was like not super great. And yeah, in games like this, guys will get on each other for sure. You know, I talked about what was said to Gary defensively when he got back cut for a dunk. And games like this, the vibes are never going to be immaculate or anything like that. But uh, you probably want guys to have earned goodwill amongst one another, not to get too down on certain players during defensive possessions, not to get too down on them during offensive possessions. There has to be a cohesion, a, a uh, I don't know, a collective will to support each other and that kind of stuff. And I don't mean to stretch this out into too big a thing. It was just there were a few too many instances of it in this game that you're like, damn, that's a little too bad. But these guys are tired. And <laughs> I mean, they have every right to be. And they were just getting absolutely bossed by the Pelicans. And yeah, man. Ha- having Herb Jones to throw at Fred Van Vliet at the point of attack to lock and trail after, you know, these pick and roll possessions where if Fred pulls up in the mid range, it's blanketed and Fred turns the corner and sees a defender pinching in off the wing and a guy in deep drop. And he has Herb Jones massive wingspan trailing him to try and, you know, canopy anything that goes up. That's that's a really tough position to be in. And both Pascal and Fred were blanketed in similar fashions. And the fact that they came together to shoot 13 of 34 and score 18 points and 20 points respectively, I think is a testament to how hard they played in this game and how hard they went after it because, you know, it was two on five as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, credit to the Pelicans because they're playing these really long lineups with guys like Jackson Hayes playing at the four. Ingram obviously is very long. He's part of it. Valanciunas is the center. You have guys like Alvarado or Gary Clark and these really herb jones of course these really long defenders who make it seem like the raptors there was just no place to go you couldn't hide on the court and you certainly couldn't find open space it seemed like and when the open space was found shots just didn't fall so the amount of aggressiveness they get to play with can just extrapolate from that point on and the raptors just end up getting absolutely dominated do i think there was a solve in this game absolutely not um, if we look at, so Gary is two for 15, OG is one for five, Scotty is two for 10. That That is five for 30 from those guys. That you are not going to overcome that. The Raptors, they, they were cudgeled tonight. They got absolutely beat. Man, they got whapped. And yeah, it looked, it looked so bad while it was happening. They probably don't want to even remember it. I don't know if the coaching staff is going to make a big film session out of this or if they just try and, you know, move on from this, whatever it looks like. I don't know. The the one, I guess, yeah, a bright spot. That is young. That looked pretty good. He, it wasn't like this immensely positive game, but three offensive rebounds. The Raptors are trying to get offensive rebounds. They're trying to make that, you know, well, not trying to. That is a big part of their offensive game plan is to get extra possessions. He fits that already, so that's good. He made clever passes. He had a couple nice flip shots. He was able to make things work in an offensive environment that was not friendly to him because he's going to be at his best, more than likely, 
when guys like Gary and OG are hitting three-point shots, especially, you know, when he can work with one of Fred or Gary in handoffs and it can actually be meaningful because there's a jumper coming on the end of it. And so I think a couple times he made things not out of nothing, but he was turning slight advantage into bigger advantage and he was helping the Raptors get better looks and then he was helping them get extra looks. So I was pretty happy with it. And then Chris Boucher also deserves, I think, quite a bit of love. Well, Chris Boucher and Kem Birch, because Kem Birch, I thought, had a really, really strong first half. He looked pretty good defensively. And as far as, once again, grabbing extra rebounds on the offensive end, I think he made good decisions passing out to guys who are relocating. Shots just didn't go down. But if Kem Birch can package together the 17 minutes he played tonight in every other game, I think that the Raptors are going to be very, very happy. The only difficult thing is that Boucher plays 23, Birch plays 17, Precious plays 15, Thad plays 12. Ah, that's so, so much big, man. And on a team (laughs) that went eight for 34 from downtown, on a team that only had eight assists all night, that just, ooh, that's nasty business. It was some ugly, ugly basketball. And you know what? It's actually probably correct. Because those are the four best guys off the bench. <laughs> oh, my Lord. This is the team. This, this is the team they have right now. Is that they have gen- genuinely put themselves in a position where Boucher, Birch, Achua, and Thad are the four best players off the bench. Those are bigs. <laughs> what the hell is going on here, man? That's such a tough spot to put these players in. It's like, you know, there's this platonic idea of like, just go out there and play basketball. Some of you will ball handle a little bit extra. Some of you will, you know, shoot a little more. You'll figure it out. And it's like, yeah, but this is the NBA. Skills have to be developed over a very long time to reach the point where they can actually be functional or serve utility at the NBA level. And these are bigs, dude. You are asking a lot of one of Pascal or Fred to turn four bench bigs into a viable lineup. And even if they're sprinkled in, it's just like, damn, there's that's tough. And and I don't even blame Nurse for playing them because those are the four best players off the bench. Ugh. It, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. I I don't envy. I don't envy the situation there and that's that's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Reggie Evans Award, I'm going to give it to Thad. I, I liked his stint, you know, a, as rough as it was for him to fit in in, in that context. I, I thought it was, you know, I thought I thought he played well given the situation. And, you know, he hustled. He was doing his thing. So, yeah, Thaddeus Young, Reggie Evans Award. Uh, we're going to run it like that. Okay, uh, top quick action comment is from DS, quote, Number one, shooter off the bench. Two, big center. Three, veteran backup point guard. Rinse, repeat, end quote. Yeah, they don't have any of those. <laughs> but you can tell that uh, they very well may need one of those. And in a game like tonight where, you know, once again, Gary, OG, and Scotty combine for what, four for 30 or five for, th- yeah, five for 30, I mean, everything is going to look worse and everything that's bad is going to look blown the hell up and certainly did tonight. The Raptors have roster needs. That is that is 100% factual. 
Thanks for writing in, DS. Listener, thank you for listening in. I I hope you enjoyed it because I, I didn't enjoy that game very much. Uh, but whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.